Christmas fantasy and fact rolls down the centuries a tidal wave of hopes and dreams, peopled by the humble and the great, the famous and the forgotten. And somewhere within the throng is a mother of a dying child, a mother whose hope defied death with faith in the Christmas star. But before we hear this almost forgotten legend, here is something you should never forget about from a friend of ours. Christmas fantasy is filled with heartwarming stories. And now we hear the story of two mothers and the sons they loved, and how that love brought those sons together once briefly and then once forever. happened that a few years after the brilliance of Bethlehem's star had faded from the skies, and the hunt of Herod's soldiers had at last ceased in hopeless defeat, that a strange woman came to the village where Mary and Joseph lived with their growing son. At the sound of a knock on the door, Mary knew a moment of panic, and then she regained her unusual serenity. No harm could come to her son, not from any force of man or woman. And so she asked the stranger in, and tremulously the woman told Mary that she had heard Mary's own son had unusual powers, that he was not like other boys, but mature and wise for his years, and that throughout the land had gone the whisper that he was the long-awaited Messiah. If that were only true, perhaps her own son would find here the help he needed, for he was past all other help. Gently, the woman folded back the blanket that covered her child's face, and Mary's heart was wrenched by the emaciated, pinched little mask and the gentle love of the woman's eyes looking down at it. His name, breathed the woman softly, is Bartholomew. Mary took the child in her arms, so light, so feather-light. She heard the soft, shallow breath, almost no breath at all, and even as she looked, the breath stopped. The pinched, suffering little face smoothed out in rest. In despair for this woman who had come so far, carried by a faith and hope in her own son, 
Mary didn't know what to do. How could she say brutally, in the face of that faith, your son is dead? Instead, she reached over for a tiny silver bell her own son had loved so much when he was cradle-sized. Gently, she closed the thin little fingers of the stranger child around the bell, and gently she folded the cloth back over the thin little face. I know not what to do, Mary said. I am only a mother like you. And as for my son, it may be as they say, but how now he is only a little boy, just learning to run and jump. His time is not yet. But I give your child this silver bell that came from the camel harness of the wise men. My own son loved it, and perhaps a new toy to interest your child will revive his will to live. Gratefully, the woman smiled and reached for her baby. And then from beneath the blanket came the clear high tinkle of the little silver bell. And again, quickly, the eager woman drew back the blanket. The blanket was folded back. And she was looking into her son's face. And softly, happily, she laughed. The cooing chuckle of the baby answered her to the golden accompaniment of the little bell. Then solemnly, the woman lifted her eyes to Mary. I know not power of life your son's hand imparted to this toy, but the warmth of it must have filled my own Bartholomew's veins and heart. And I promise you, my son will remember his debt to your son and follow him till the end of his days. And so he did. For the legend says this was the first of the disciples pledged in babyhood, the Bartholomew of the Twelve who planted the seed of Christmas around the world because of a little silver bell. Shoppers rush home with the treasures. 
Hear the snow crunch. See the kids bunch. This is Santa's big scene. And above all this bustle you of the universal appeal of yuletide melodies, there's universal appeal as well in this message from a friend of ours. is it to Christmas. It's across the land of dreams where the laughing valleys are and the ever-singing streams. And up the hill of doubting and along the road of smiles until you reach the border of the land of other wilds. It's far away and near us. It is there and close at hand. Oh, earnest little fellow, can I make you understand? You lie awake and whisper. You count and count the days. And try to bring it nearer in a hundred varied ways. Already you have seen it in a gleam of joy afar. Have seen its joy approaching in the twinkle of a star. You hear the bells that jingle and the clatter of the hoofs that beat a song of gladness as they gallop on the roofs. How far is it to Christmas? It's not so far away. For all I know already, you have have and hold the day. It has no time nor season. It is not set apart. 
but it sends its blessed sunshine to every little heart. on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men, till ringing swinging on its way, the world revolves from a voice, a chime, a of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. A poem by Longfellow. A poem that speaks, too, of Christmas bells and Christmas faith and hope. A poem timely today as it was when Longfellow penned it long, long ago. As are these words from a friend of ours. about a man who should have paid more attention to that tradition of feeding stolen hay to his horses. As it was, he got into such trouble that it made him a famous figure of Christmas lore and legend. Shall we explore that legend? Let us. If old Matt the miser ever heard about the Christmas tradition of feeding horses stolen hay on Christmas Eve, he either failed to follow the ritual or else the precaution just failed to work out for him. 
Not that Matt was an ordinary thief. He just wasn't one to pass up a good thing when it came along. Christmas was a good thing. A time when the neighbors were too busy partying and visiting to pay too much attention to what old Matt was up to. The McCardles went off in a sleigh to visit relatives and left half a fruitcake on the kitchen ledge within reach of a half-open window. The Smithsons took off for an evening carol sing and left their root and cheese cellar wide open. It was much the same up and down the lane. So what could you expect of an old fellow like Matt who squeezed every happening until it squinced? Why, he wondered, should he spend good money on foodstuffs when his neighbors were so careless? If they didn't give more thought than that to their winter cheese and turnips and holiday cakes, it certainly wasn't likely they'd miss any small portions that happened to disappear. Old Matt did think maybe he should insure himself against being caught. It was said that a fate too terrible even to mention awaited any thief who stole between Advent and Christmas. And he remembered the old saying that if you fed your horse stolen hay and got away with it, any other thefts would go undetected. Yes, he did think of it, and then shrugged it off. Bosh and twaddle, said old Matt. It's just a silly superstition. And so he helped himself. He took a big round Holland cheese from Smithson's, and he got his share of McArdle's cake, and up the lane he hurried, adding to his burden at almost every house. Before Matt knew it, it was near midnight, and he remembered uneasily that this was the hour when Christmas season thieves were said to get that unspeakable punishment old superstition promised to them. Not that he believed in the old wives' tales, you understand. Just the same, he figured it would be best to hurry home to the safety of his own little cottage where he could shutter the windows and bolt the doors. It was hard to hurry with his arms filled with Christmas treats of all odd sizes and shapes. He was afraid of mashing the fruitcake and the round cheese in its slippery wax coating kept slipping. But he quickened his steps as best he could. It seemed to him that the night was suddenly growing blacker and filled with a threatening silence. A chill breeze whipped at his coattails and shivered up his back, and old Matt went faster. He was fairly skipping down the lane toward home now, but the wind seemed set on racing him. It blew harder, whipping his coat around his legs and almost tripping him, and it seemed like a vengeful breath blowing down his neck. Faster and faster went old Matt. Harder and harder blew the December wind. At time, gusts seemed to lift him almost off his feet. He was running now, even when the cheese finally slipped out of his arms and rolled into the hedge, he didn't pause to pick it up. Suddenly, old Matt was terrified. The wind had a hold on him and he wouldn't let go. When he tried to turn in at his own gate, the wind pushed him on down the road. Harder and harder it whipped him, till at times his feet were running on air. And soon he was helplessly kicking at the air as the wind lifted him and whirled him up through the dark. Up and up and up. Through dizzying space he went, shrieking with terror. But who could hear him? through the shriek of the wind that left him almost breathless himself, on and on through the dark, until he landed with a solid thump. For one hopeful instant, he thought the wind had let him down again, but no, he was not on earth, for there was no earth, 
no bigger than a shilling, way, way beneath him. He was on the moon. That's a fact. Old Matt had been set on the moon, and he discovered at last the unspeakable punishment reserved for Christmas thieves. And if you don't believe our legend, just take a look at the full moon sometime. There sits Matt with his stolen treasures still clutched in his arms, and a lot of good they do him now. speak of things that'll do you good. Here is another to benefit your holiday budget and boost your spirits too, this friend of ours.
the bells, those merry bells, the bells of Christmas Day, and the rhythmic beat of Dolly's feet as she trotted along the sleigh. The singing bells, those sweet-toned bells, ring out this Christmas day. And swift tires sing as our friends they bring to our home at the side of the way. But I miss the bells, those mystic spells, sweet spells of holiday. That sleigh bells once wove over hill and through grove as me merrily rode in the sleigh. There are lots of eerie stories about things that can happen on Christmas Eve. In the Balkans and in Scandinavian countries, tales are told of mischievous little elves who come out to tie knots in the horses' tails, sour the milk in the pantry, and cause all sorts of disturbances. Of course, there are cures for this sort of thing, if you know them. A sprig of holly on the door will keep out evil on Christmas Eve, and the mischief-making sprites can be kept out of the kitchen if you leave a sharp knife on the table. 